Hello and welcome to episode 143 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to lean on the boundary fence and give you a thumbs up, Mick. (laughs) And our first co-host is the man voted most likely to bust the thumb trying to field his own rubbish bowling. Welcome, Alex. Yep. Uh, Saved a single, cost me $4,000. I would recommend it to everyone. Field you're off ahead. Your own <laughs> Don't field off your own bowling. Just let, let it go. go. Let go for six. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, the man voted most likely to move to the ballerine and set up shop on Media Street. Welcome, David. Hey. <laughs> like to like to say it's nice to be here, but it's not. So been <laughs> down Media Street about six times this year. Boy. Yeah, it's it's been a tough gig. <laughs> you you're like John Laws. You're like red to comment. That goes straight to got a, golden, got a golden microphone on the end of his headphones. <laughs> yeah. uh, and finally, the man voted most likely to take centre right-handed, then face up left-handed. Welcome, Ross. Asshole. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you. I only did that twice. Once by accident and then the second time. To <laughs> once by accident. <laughs> I did that once playing a game of football. I forgot what foot I kicked with. <laughs> I kicked it with my right foot, and then halfway through, I realised I was a left footer. So. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> That's the type of premier talent we're rocking here at the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, welcome, one and all, to the Frederick Sock Company Studios. Uh, this is a Tightship production brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. All righty, so we're going to kick off the podcast with a bit of cricket news. And in the last fortnight, the biggest cricket news story in all of Australia was, who was the man with the toasted sandwich? And we found out after months and months, even though it was only a week ago, of digging here at the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast, we've discovered the man with the toasted sandwich was unsurprisingly Marnus Lubbershane. It's like who shot Monty Burns, isn't it? It was a big thing. (laughs) Couple of episodes, spared a few episodes. Jeez, they're in, the... they're in damage control, aren't they? The Aussies. Oh. Everyone's coming out to Langer's defence. Just fuck, mm. just get on with it. I'm fucking with Langer on this one, though. Which oh, is yeah. like, I don't know, bats flew out of hell or whatever. or frozen, <laughs> fro- Hell froze over, if I agree with Justin Langer. You're playing for your fucking country. Just leave the fucking thing in the change room. You have 40 minutes for lunch or whatever it is, and you couldn't fucking eat a toasted sandwich in that time. Like, yeah. pisses me off. Because he's think... too busy in front of the mirror fucking going, not now, and just practicing <laughs> his stupid uh, fucking mannerisms. He needs a couple. He only needs one small mirror, though, because his eyes are so close together. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. It's, uh, it's funny, like too, because... little makeup mirror. Yeah. <laughs> It was apparently at the end of the um, lunch break, so he had 40 minutes to yeah. eat something. Like, if it was the end of the tea break, you go, okay, friend, if you only had 20 minutes, maybe you're in a bit of a hurry. But 40 minutes, come on. Yeah, I reckon... I reckon uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I thought there was something... I didn't watch the test on Amazon Prime. I couldn't be bothered with it. Uh, I was hoping all of you guys watched it. There's something came up in that, or maybe just before that, in Langer's early days of being the um, thing... Coach, something else came up about a toasted sandwich and a bloke having a toasted sandwich in his pocket out in the field. No, nah, something I don't know. It came up before when I heard it. I was it like, I've heard of them putting toasted sandwiches in their pockets before. 
Anyway, no. maybe one of our listeners can help us out. Yeah, maybe yeah, my yeah. recollection no, is saying, to no, get off. Like, we're saying no yeah. to you. Like, Two yeah, of them will get back to us and say, no, I never heard no, of it. No, yeah. yeah. Like the people that Critical watched it with us, yeah. you know, like me and Mick have watched it and yeah, we're yeah. saying it didn't happen. But, you know, we'll get our listeners okay. to say no, no anyway. It's fine. No, that's all right. So not in the test. The Amazon Prime show, the test. Yeah. Something in the early days of Justin uh, Lennon as coach. Thing. Okay. Maybe okay, they just came out in the sandwiches media. in their pockets to keep their hands warm while they're fielding. They, uh, some, uh, in those English summers, as they like to call them. Peter Siddle had one underneath yeah. his beanie <laughs> yeah. just to keep his head warm. <laughs> That's it. No Pierre. Uh, Alright, and speaking of blokes who like to dye their hair blonde and look at themselves in the mirror Next up, Gin's got some thoughts on Shane Warne Oh, fuck <laughs> He's uh, the, the mid-off podcast Twitter wouldn't know this happened Because no. as you know, he's blocked us on he's Twitter for saying oh, I think you're kind of a silly person, Shane Block yeah. Anyway, so But he hasn't blocked me because I don't actually tweet anything So it's not <laughs> possible for him to block me Unless he just wanted to cull all his followers or I thought I was a boss. If you do that. <laughs> so Shane Warne did his standard shit of if you don't declare when you're 50 runs in front of the fourth innings, he'll say you haven't declared early enough. And so in the in the India, the first test in India between India and um, England, uh, England were batting quite slow, according to Warney, and didn't declare at T. They kept batting. Warney went back and forth with a million different pundits on Twitter, uh, but he eventually ended up writing this comment. He goes, this was after tea somewhere in the last session when they sent um, India back in. Mate, sure England can still win this test match, but that doesn't just doesn't justify the decision to keep batting. But I'm like, if you win the test match, it justifies every decision you made throughout the test match, surely. Yep. <laughs> like, what is he saying? And then they won, and he said, FYI, as I said yesterday, congrats on what will be a good win by England. Anderson has been superb. Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Yes, Ross. There's winning, right? And then yeah. there's winning with sufficient time to get on the piss early. Uh, and that's what Shane's aiming at. He well, knows, that's what played, cricket's all about, Ross. We he know played that 140. Yeah, he played 145 test matches, and some of them were just wins because yes. they won, and then it was yeah. like, you know, it was almost dark, and so they didn't get to do much, and then it just, mm-hmm. whatever, just fizzled. You know, yeah. They didn't get to celebrate. Others were good wins because it finished by midday, yeah. and then they just sat in the change rooms for eight hours, and then yeah. did this, and went One to some James Packers piss and it? stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah. There you go. So, Alex, were there any tweets from Warney complaining that Harsha Bogle wasn't asking the England players if they were thirsty after the match? <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. That's, Jesus. That's like a long time ago, and it still sticks in a lot of people's heads because how stupid it was. Speaking Fuck. of stupid, Shane Warne, <laughs> these things go hand in hand. He's, so, there is a Twitter bot called Interesting Facts. <laughs> and the interesting fact Shane Warne got, got all rolled up about was there is more stars in the I'm going to say galaxy yeah. but it could have been universe there's more stars in the galaxy than there is grains of sand on earth yeah and so, I was going to, and so Shane Warne got really pissed off with it it was like rubbish yeah. <laughs> who's even counted the grains of sand <laughs> Ah, oh, the naivety of this man's brilliant. He's just run with it. And everyone's like sending him like, here's a basic video on how the back of the napkin calculations work. Yeah. Take a portion of the sky, 
They know there's around about this many stars in that portion of the sky. Extrapolate that out of the entire sky. Take a a tub that's exactly a kilo of sand or something. Count the grains of sand in that thing and then extrapolate that out over the earth. Or just Google estimation. Like, yeah. it's not that fucking hard. Google what that means. You're fine. I'm pretty sure it's like orders of magnitude different. So it's not like, oh, it's close. We might yeah. have to measure yeah, some more yeah, sand. Yeah. It's oh, like, I'll have to count them all. Yeah. It's like a billion power more. of 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone down the Donald Trump school and just gone recount. He just wants to. <laughs> oh, count it again. It's, normally it's just photos of him from 2011, him posting photos of himself. Or like, I don't know, man, man loving between is, Piers Morgan or whatever. Yeah, Chang, you need to find something else to do with your life. You're replying to Twitter bots. I mean, go back to sexy land or something. Just yeah. do something. Good Bury yourself in Fuck your me. bed, lying down on your back yeah. in your roof mirror. Oh, he is proof that sports people are not fucking role models. That's He is the living <laughs> embodiment of that. Okay. You don't want to hope he gets to move back to England because that's what he always wants to do. He loves England. That's yeah. his mm. favourite place. And then we have another global pandemic, maybe not on the magnitude of this one that we're currently experiencing. It's a mini pandemic. Yeah, one that doesn't mm. kill anyone but just fucks people's days up. So you You're can't like travel. a cow and pandemic. It's not yes. going to win the match. <laughs> yeah, but... that's right. Yeah. <laughs> It'll waste your time. So yeah. You yeah. can You've never come back and commentate again. Yeah. Fucking hell. Fuck off, Shane. Tidy it up. Pandemic, uh, maybe that's what we lived through this summer. He's yeah. <laughs> on fucking everything. He's commentated oh. every format of cricket there is. I'm surprised yeah. he's not commentating on the WNCL. Uh, he wouldn't know women's cricket existed. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. even know that's on. I wouldn't. Yeah, think. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Australian cricket, um, so we're going to move on from Warnie because we could just bag him for hours, but we'll fucking <laughs> leave him alone. So, um, recently over Zoom, the Australia, Australia, Cricket Australia held their night of nights and had the Allen Border medal and uh, gave out all the trophies. So, we're just going to quickly run through them and just touch on um, who picked up what. So, uh, we'll start at the top of the tree. So, the AB medal was awarded to Steve Smith. He picked mm-hmm. up 126 votes to beat Pat Cummings on 114. And Finchie got 97 votes. So, yeah. it was Steve Smith's one-day cricket that got him over the line against Pat Cummings and that. Um, There'll be then, a couple of tons at the start of this yeah. series in India against India, I reckon. Probably one in it. Yeah. So um, the Belinda Clark Medal, which is the female equivalent, um, well, sorry, it's called the Belinda Clark Award. I don't know why it's not the Belinda Clark Medal, but anyway, uh, Beth Mooney got sixty votes, just to edge out Meg Lanning with fifty-eight, and Georgia Warham got fifty. So um, well under hmm. Beth Mooney there, she just got past Meg Lanning, so that's a good job On there. Your moons. Um, so we'll just quickly run through the others. Men's test player of the year, unsurprisingly, was Pat Cummings. Mm-hmm. Um, as previously mentioned, Steve Smith was the men's ODI player of the year. Uh, Rachel Haynes was the women's ODI player of the Very year. Very consistent she has been this year. Yeah. Um, men's T20I player of the year was straight breaks, Ashton Agar. <laughs> really? Yeah. God. Oh, Beery would have loved that. Must have been all the shine off his head distracting the batsman so he's getting wicked. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. He's a weird-looking fucking human being. And he used he looks to like... be so attractive. You know okay. what he looks like? <laughs> he took a hat trick. He did. You know, what he lo- you know what he looks like, Mick? Remember that cartoon with the little purple alien widget? <laughs> yes. Widget the world yeah. watcher. That's what he looks like. <laughs> I'll get a picture. Like that. <laughs> 
Um, so, where was it up to? Women's T20I Player of the Year was Beth Mooney. Um, domestic Player of the Year was the Michael Carrenti of domestic cricket, Sean Marsh. Um, <laughs> he's one of those blokes who dominates at the low, level below, but when he goes up, just doesn't seem to get it done. Um, <laughs> female Domestic Player of the Year was Victoria's own, Elise Villani. Yep. Um, She's got Brad- a tub today as well. Yeah, they, the Vicks got up today against New South Wales. Um, two down, I think it was. In the they end. do do it better. They mm. do it better. Uh, Don Bradman, Young Cricketer of the Year, was again another Victorian. Uh, the Chief, Will Sutherland, picked up Get that one. So, um, not Cam Green? No. How but, young uh, do you need to be? Oh, Cam Green might have won it before. Oh, can you only win it once? One of those I think things. it's like the Rising Star and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, the Betty question Wilson. the fucking thing skin. Just I'll yeah. question whatever I fucking like. I might be wrong there, but I've got a feeling Cam <laughs> Green won it like a year or two ago when he kind of first got on. Yeah, the okay. Yeah. But, um, uh, the Betty Wilson Young Female Cricket or Young Cricket of the Year, but it's a female one. Uh, Hannah Darlington won that. I'll be honest, I'm not really sure who Hannah is, but well done. Uh, the Community Impact Award, which is obviously someone does a bit in the community and helps out around, was Josh Laylor, the former Brisbane Heat, now Melbourne Renegade and Queensland mm. player. He does um, the scorebook down his local club, doesn't yep, he? Yep, that's it. Saturday. Does the scoreboard, just sits there ball by yeah. ball, updates it every single one. Mm. Yeah, good um, and then lastly, the last part of the night was the Hall of Fame. So uh, the Hall of Fame inductees this year were Johnny Mulag, who was the chap that the Boxing Day um, yep. Best on Grounds named after. We spoke about him in a previous episode. He's an amazing, got some amazing figures and is an amazing part of Australian um, cricket history that probably... That until now probably hasn't gotten the um he's just due, so well done to him. Um Lisa Stalaker went in as well. And uh the Victorian icon, the big swerving Mervin, Mervin Hughes went into the Hall oh, of Fame. Big Mo. Man have painted on socks to look like ASIC sneakers himself. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, David. Uh, Hannah Darlington plays for the Sydney Thunder. As she okay. has uh, ferocious curly red hair. I think she debuted a couple of years ago at like 17 or something. Oh, okay, um, nice. You would know if you saw her. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. What well under her. Uh, yeah, so that's basically the quick rundown of the AB medal. There's no really, not not too much to uh, harp on there. It is what it is. Yes, Roscoe. Yeah, I just had a, a quick update that some of these ones, they, they forgot to mention them on the night. The um, at the um, the AB medal, mm-hmm. but there was the um, the Craig Simmons medal was given out too on that oh, night. Yeah. yeah, for the most runs in the BBL season, that was Alex Hales of the Sydney Thunder with five hundred and forty three. Yeah. yeah, that's the lowest total since Ben Dunk uh, won his second <laughs> <laughs> count. He's actually the only. Um, no, he's one of a, a couple of um, dual <laughs> Craig Simmons medalists. Yeah, it's elite company though. He's Simmons. the only couple. <laughs> <laughs> Even Darcy Short. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, then uh, the Xavier Doherty medal for most wickets, uh, well-known medal as well. That went yeah. to Jay High Richardson for 29 wickets. Yeah. And then the Brown Helmet, the Usman Khawaja medal, the most <laughs> catches by a non-keeper. That went to Jordan Silk of the Sydney Sixers oh, with 16 neck. catches. Yeah. Neck himself. Yeah. Would have been more. He dropped a few over the course. Of he the did. He dropped well. one in the final. Absolute soda in the last over. Mm. Mm. 
Um, we've already awarded the um, Jay Dernbach and you the mean, Cam Borges. Cricket Australia have already awarded. Mm. Yes, sorry, sorry. Yeah. And so that means there's only one medal left, and this one it was forgotten to vote upon before the night, so we have to vote upon it now. Mm. And that's the Andrew Johns medal for the worst player in no, we the did BBL. That. We've done that. No, we did the Jay Dernbach, didn't we? The no, worst no, no. overseas. The Riley, the, the, um... Peter Siddle won the. Uh, yeah. Oh, my apologies. Yeah. my apologies. Yeah, Mick, Mick did all the vote. Oh, we all did the voting. Yeah, we did votes every week on that. Was it just, was oh, it just Mick that no, did it? Right. We all Mick. did it. <laughs> no, what happened was, although it the wasn't like award... when I do the players award at my local club and just do all the votes myself, this is going to be done. Allegedly, yeah. allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. I forgot what happened was I got the guy to come in and do the gold leaf for um, uh, the Jay mm. Dernbach and the Cam Borges for I forgot to tell him to do the Andrew Johns as well. So it was left there blank. So I said, uh, it be done. Yeah, no, that that's right. yeah. Common okay. practice at local cricket clubs to forget to get the gold leaf going yeah. on your visit. Yeah. And then Often leave it four or five years. Yeah. The and then everyone's yeah. forgotten who actually won yes. four or five years ago. <laughs> yep. Not awarded. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Sorry, Mick, back to That's you. That's all righty. So from there, talking about a few young people doing young people things, we're going to talk about one of the greatest debuts in Test cricket, apparently, that went across the uh, stratosphere and social media in the last week. So uh, young West Indian Kyle May has become the first batsman to score fourth innings, double ton on debut as the West Indies chase down 395 for a stunning three-wicket win against the Bangers in the first test of their series. So May has struck 24s and 7 sixes in his 310-ball <laughs> innings of 210 not out, guiding Jesus. the Windies to complete the fifth highest chase in test cricket history and the biggest ever in Asia. So well under the boys there. Far out. So uh, May has scored 40 in the first innings, which would give him 250 for the match, which is the second highest tally for a West Indies batsman on debut as well. So he's breaking records left and right. He was playing just his 33rd first class (laughs) game. And in his very first test, May has become just the fifth man in history to score a double hundred on test debut. Like like I said, the first to do it in the fourth innings. He shattered the previous record fourth innings score of 112, which was set in 1959 by name not given. So we don't know who did that. <laughs> John Breadman, probably. <laughs> so he's just the eighth debutant in history to score 100 Ginger. in the fourth innings of a test. Um <laughs> So Myers only, av- or before this game, averaged 29 with the bat at first-class level. Really? And he had a highest score of 140, and it only made two career tons before this shit match. How did he mm, go? Unbelievable. Yeah, well, I've just got a nice little bit of uh, trivia about this innings, actually, if you would indulge me for a second, Michael. Yeah, will do. The last person to make a double hundred on debut, do you know who that was? Oh, Matt Sinclair from New Zealand. No, it wasn't. He oh. was the previous one to this person. Oh, uh, mm. oh South African. Oh. Faf. Oh. Um, no, Not Faf. Um, Quinton de Kock. No, no, no. no um, fuck, what's the cunt's name? Mabuma. No, it was the red-nosed reindeer himself, Jacques Rudolph. Oh, Jacques Rudolph. Oh, um, one of the the interesting tidbit about this one is it was against the exact same opposition in Bangladesh at the exact same ground. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. D- double, I better go there and have a game, see if I can get a fucking... That's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, Mr. Myers, he's, in his previous first-class innings before this test, scored a pair. 
So well done to him. <laughs> That's good form to get you in the test side. <laughs> Fuck, how did he get in the side? Is it because there was no one's there? Yeah, the West, the West yeah. there's about three blokes you know in this team, up yeah. from zero in the one day team. Yeah, yeah. So him and um, Nakerma Bona or Bonner, I should say, it's got two ends. I'll say Bonner instead of Bona. <laughs> had a 216 run partnership for the fourth wicket. That's the West Indies' highest fourth inning partnership for any wicket since 1984. Um, so basically, they needed another. They needed another 285 runs with seven wickets in hand on the fifth day of this test. And um, Bonner basically hit the first ball for a boundary, and then him and uh, Mayers just went cocoa bananas. So, um, so Mayers brought up his century of 177 balls with an outside edge who went past Gully. For some reason, that's important part to put in the article. Fuck <laughs> down a man's achievements. Whoever, by right, and this is probably never even played fucking cricket. Useless prick. Um, so yeah, but 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 what else we got here? Map 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 map. Now, rest of it's kind of pretty boring, so we won't worry about that. We'll just quickly touch on a couple of things where the record sits for this. So, like I said, the highest score on Test Debut. Highest score ever on Test Debut was 287 by Tip Foster of England, oh, and that was against Australia. Brother of Tip Madsley. Yeah, that was in Australia. <laughs> that was versus Australia, not in Australia, sorry. England versus Australia, 1903. So, um, as Bull said, the man who, who sits second on that list with 222 not out is Jacques Rudolph of South Africa, which was against the Bangers in 2003. Uh, mm-hmm. Lawrence Rowe, the West Indies against New Zealand, 1972, has 214, as does Matty Sinclair of New Zealand against the West Indies in 1999. And coming in in the fifth spot is our man, Kyle Mayers, with 210 not out against the Bangers in 2021. Good effort. Yeah, yeah so amazing. Very, very good. Good effort. Like it's... Yeah. <laughs> like it's like going for a run. It's a fucking like amazing good effort. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good to effort. see... Um, <laughs> The the highest successful run chases that uh, Australia had a bad run there. 2003, the top one, it's West Indies versus Australia, yeah. made 418. And then Australia, South Africa versus Australia in Perth, 2008, 414. Yep. So, mm, that was the end of end. the Australian bloody dynasty, really, wasn't it? That yeah. series and that chase. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. And that's when Siddle bowled himself into oblivion in Perth oh, and John Adelaide. Uh, in Adelaide. And I think John, the big Duke Hastings made his debut yeah, in it. Perth. And right. Nath Lyon was highly criticised by not automatically being able to bowl out a test yeah. side. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. like that this summer. And he was bowling really quickly, I think, to get Peter Siddle back. To bo- so Peter Siddle could bowl more overs and it was criticised for like rushing himself but I think that was a clear tactic by Australia for Nathan Lyon to get through his overs quickly mm. yeah, so remember trend. that well mm-hmm. <laughs> leave Nathan alone with that guy screaming <laughs> about Britney Spears <laughs> alrighty so do you have any more info about this test match for us Roscoe the bangers in the West Indies no but it was um, fascinating to follow the scores um, on the live text one of my favourite ways to follow cricket. Yeah. <laughs> was it quick info? No, just CA app. So no, oh, just, just scores, just numbers going. <laughs> <up>. <laughs> numbers, oh. I love them. I just chew them. <laughs> standard, standard uh, cricket Australia played no shot, four yeah. runs. Yeah. <laughs> what was your favourite yeah. part of this match, Mick? 
My favourite part had to be the last ball of this mm. match where the, the big fella, Rakeem Cornwell, come out all 140 kgs of him, comes oh. striding out with his tooth, look like a toothpick in his hand because he's such a massive fucking monster. And he comes strolling out. And what do you see on his glorious fucking dome? Not a helmet, but a lovely baggy maroon West oh, Indies cap. And he slashes at the first ball he faces, hits the winning runs, and the West Indies... Have set set the new race, uh, set the new run chase record in fifth spot with three hundred and ninety five. Rakeem the dream. <laughs> he is he's just what cricket's meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Bloody oath he is. Big fat guys doing stuff. <laughs> yep, bowling dibbly doblers. Yeah. So speaking of um, well, that I don't really have a segue for this, but we'll Go say. On. Speaking of just. Guys doing stuff. We're going to talk about um, <laughs> going to talk about a bloke that I thought had retired, and that's the Sydney Thunder captain, Al Cal Ferguson. So, um, yeah. so the Sydney Thunder have unceremoniously dumped their club captain, Callum Ferguson, mm. after after they bowed out of the finals of the of the latest BBL, which is BBL ten in two thousand and twenty one. Um, so, thirty six year old Ferguson was the Thunder's second leading run scorer. With just behind Jeez. England import Alex Hales, who was the leading run scorer in the comp, and I think Hales was in the top ten for the comp, and so um, so he he made four hundred and five runs at thirty one with a strike rate of one hundred and twenty three, so not too bad at going. <laughs> and he also um, he led the Thunder to they got to third on the ladder with eight wins out of the fourteen game season. So. So Ferguson um, recently revealed on his social media accounts that the Thunder were moving on without him. He just put, unfortunately, I was notified yesterday I will not be offered a contract with the Thunder for next season. While Ferguson thanked the Thunder for his time at the club, it was later revealed he's actually rather pissed off about mm-hmm. the way this all went down. Um, and basically, he'd been reaching out to the club. Him and his management had been seeking some kind of information from the club about what the hell was been going on for the last week or so, and the club had been ghosting them and just not fucking replying at all. Oh, great. Because apparently yeah, the Sydney like... Thunder's run by a 16-year-old girl, so, you know. <laughs> game, yeah. yeah, it was like, didn't reply back to him for a week and a half. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. Just give up then, don't you? Yeah, well, that's like, good. They're just not that into you, Cal, I think. Oh. Like, <laughs> for so, whatever um, reason, it doesn't seem yeah. to make sense to me. Like, Ben Dunks had, like, fucking eight-year buddy... Um, deals or whatever, and you yeah. get a bloke who's second leading run scorer for your team. He's a leadership guy. Yeah, he's, he's a, a captain. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you're just like a leadership guy. <laughs> yep, that's like you, Bull. You you have two leadership guy roles <laughs> down at, um, at Port Arlington, captain and coach. <laughs> so uh, we here at the Mid Off Cricket Podcast reached out to the Sydney Thunder for a comment, and that was a week and a half ago. I'm still waiting <laughs> to see what they what they. <laughs> Think about that, but yeah, so it's um it's an unusual situation. Like you said, like when you got blows like Ben Dunk and all that that seem to just Johan <laughs> both are for fuck's sake got another yeah. thing. Like there's blokes you just cannot fucking get rid of. They're yeah. like the little nugget in the toilet of the BBL that no matter how how many times you flush them, <laughs> fucking pop straight fucking back up. Too yeah, much Kelf corn Ferg- in it. Yeah, Kel Ferguson actually plays relatively well and fucking yeah. Thrown out the door. Maybe so. he doesn't bring enough to the change room, Michael. Mm, good point. Very, just very good point. Got a quick update. I just got through a fax from Cricket Australia <laughs> yep. to say that they've um, put in a few Hall of Fames for the BBL. For oh, this yes. Year. Okay. So 
after that catch up in Brisbane, he's 38 years old. Ben Laughlin's gone in, in yep. the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, for that catch. That was yeah. a fucking that catch. It's fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. He sees winning another title. Yeah. Ian Christian's gone in. Yeah. Oh, I'm surprised ah, he wasn't already immortal. in there. He's an yeah. immortal, surely. An immortal. Yeah. Hang on. So hang on. We're, we're going to elevate him straight away. Straight yeah. away. Yeah. Straight away. He goes, goes in as an immortal. Yeah. <laughs> in. Oh, hang on. In, uh, let me have him inducted as an immortal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Asterisk. Yeah, on the honourable, mate. Get the gold leaf yeah. asterisk in there. Mm. And then um, third uh, nomination was Ben Dunk's contract is into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Alrighty. There yeah. are some shitters that are just bit part players that seem to just float around the teams. It's just amazing yeah. how I don't. It doesn't seem like there's any real plan with. BBL contracts to me, for me anyway. I don't pay yeah. too much attention to it. So it's that interesting. Um, I listened to Brad Hodge uh, commentary on one game and he said, because he's coached around the world in CPL yeah. and other stuff, and he said, you don't give blokes more than two years. Mm. He said, what have yeah. they done to earn more than two years? Because Oliver Davies at Sydney Thunder got a five-year contract, which is yeah. like an 18, 19-year-old, mm. and the very next game he was dropped. Yeah. <laughs> Two-year deals. That's, yeah. all, that's all we talk about in other franchise cricket. Yeah. Two it's, you look like you're there 100% of the time, like AFL clubs, for example, or mm. soccer clubs, where you just play there, you're there all year round, they'll develop you. Mm. They're in for, like, mm. 12 but weeks or something. More than 10 golf. games, yeah. yeah. Yeah, franchise cricket. Yeah, he's right. He said it's yeah. franchise cricket. It's not, you know, but, league cricket or... Yeah. State, yeah, you yeah. give folks longer time. It's franchise cricket. Uh, you years. wouldn't even know if the franchise is going to be around the next year anyway. Yeah, uh, that's it. How, yeah. how often do they do the contracts for the Australian cricket, Ross? It's once a year, isn't annual. It? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. I think yeah, it's, it's, given it's some circumstances, yeah, some circumstances they'll give guys of multiple years, mm-hmm. but they not do. often. Not like they can go anywhere, I suppose. Yeah, well, yeah, Pat Cummins isn't exactly going to turn his back on a Australian contract and go and play for fucking England, is he? No, we, yeah. we actually earn money in cricket in yeah. Australia, so yeah. it doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, so, so, speaking of um, BBL axings, in a move that surprised probably everyone in cricket, Michael Klinger axed the Melbourne Renegades. So, mm, despite the, the fact horror. that he hadn't, he hadn't won a game in about 500 fucking years, it felt like, he, <laughs> he had retained his job and then quit. So that's an interesting one. Yeah. So there's a lot of people calling. Uh, there's a lot of people are new, calling for his axing, and a little bit disappointed he didn't get sacked. And then about a, mm. about two days later, he actually quit, and he's moved on to be the head of cricket development at the rabble they call New South Wales, yeah. which Director being at the rabble yeah. called the Renegades yeah. will put him in very good stead to dealing with yeah. the rabble <laughs> up there. So yeah, it's it's all about failing upwards, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jobs yeah. for the boys, although. From all reports, Michael Kling is a nice oh, fellow. Oh, he's a ribbon so yeah. But uh, just no good as a Renegades coach, that's for sure. Well, that's what it sounds yeah. like or seems like. Yeah, proof well, was we didn't games, the pudding. One yeah. or two. Yeah, because they won the title before he got there, didn't they? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then they won one they or won two it with, Yeah, year. they won the title with Ronnie and then Klinger came. That's it. Yep. Mm-hmm. All righty. So speaking of fixing things and fixing cricket, Roscoe, you've got some information from us. On how Greg Chappell wants to fix Australian cricket. That's it. Yeah. It's um, the radical blueprint, blueprint to reverse our test decline. I thought he'd already fixed it for the 15 yeah. years he's been thought, in the system. I thought this happened on like, the second episode of our podcast that he yeah. fixed the thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
No, to be fair to him, he hasn't had many opportunities to fix it. Okay? <laughs> and so he deserves another chance. Right? Um, Hilton Cartwright was going to fix Australian cricket. That didn't oh, work out. Fuck. That was a big six he hit in the BBL, but so that half of yeah. it. Yeah, he's got a big um, neck too. So. Having a, the Futures League as under 23s rather than second 11 cricket, that was going to fix Australian cricket. Oh, that was it his brother, wasn't it? Everyone hates it. Yeah. That was him. Okay. Australia must heed Albert Einstein's word, words <laughs> oh, in no. the middle of e this city. equals MC. <laughs> oh, sorry. Hang on. Uh, B equals KFC. Sorry, It must heed Albert Einstein's words in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity because the game, like the broader community, is facing a crisis. <laughs> There's always a crisis in cricket, isn't it? Imagine, yeah. can I stop you there? Imagine this bloke's presentations internally to Cricket Australia. Everyone, yeah. Oh, Greg Chappell's doing a talk. Oh, fuck. fuck this. Oh, how long? Two, three hours? Yeah. Can't we just be done in an email? <laughs> fucking hell. All you've got to do is listen up this type of stuff from Greg and you go, oh, that's why it didn't work when he coached him. Yeah. I get <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yes, to take the words of a wise man, never start a speech with a quote. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> and what else Greg got for us, Roscoe? Yeah, well, he started an article with a quote. Anyway, <laughs> there we go. Um, with each crisis comes opportunity, so this one must not be wasted. With planning, it can be used as a positive catalyst. Didn't know there were positive and negative catalysts, oh. but anyway, to streamline Australian cricket and set it up for success over the next 30 years. Okay, so, be cool. 30 so how would he be streamlining it? Does he elaborate? Yes. Oh, good. Right. If cricket was just beginning in this country, we wouldn't design the structure that we currently have. It has grown organically over 200 years. Wow, yep. 200. That's okay. about right, isn't it? Okay. And has been added to and subtracted from over time by changing circumstances. What we have left is a hybrid which does not suit the needs of the modern era. Mm. COVID-19 crisis presents Cricket Australia with a once in a generation opportunity to restructure to suit our present and future needs. The biggest issue of their current program of games is that young batsmen are finding extremely difficult to develop the solid batting foundations that can survive the close examination that test match cricket provides. If we continue at this rate, the danger is that we will find it increasingly hard to remain competitive in the longest format. A bit of crisis, sort of. You know, this talking. is uh, this is a little bit um, of the. We need a four-week preparation for a T20 yeah. match. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> to be prepared for playing tests. You need to have played tests. <laughs> That's essentially what he's saying. We we have to give our young batsmen a real te examination that Test cricket gives before they get to mm. Test cricket. It's not possible, mm. Greg. <laughs> anyway, continue. Yes, when there was only one format, emerging players. It's going back a long way. Yeah, fucking how long? Nineteen twenty with that then? Fucking fifty over cricket. Well, in the seventies, earlier sixties. Yeah, 60s in England, 70s in Australia. Oh. <laughs> Back when the whacker used to be the whacker, not the fucking <laughs> flat deck it is now. <laughs> fucking hell. Here oh. we go. Yep. 
Give us the bullet points, Roscoe. How's Greg fixing it? Yeah. When when there's only one format, emerging players had access to a full season of eight Shield games before the introduction of Tasmania, of course, <laughs> interspersed with two-day club cricket in which to hone their technical and mental skills. When one ran into form in this environment, it wasn't unusual for a young batsman to make three or four centuries in a short period of time. And this purple patch established the skills and confidence on which to build the foundations for future success. The arrival of the 50-over format changed the program in Australian cricket from the late 1970s, but its introduction proved to be positive. Batsmen learned to be more assertive at the crease without necessarily increasing the risk of getting out. In its own way, it freed batsmen to be able to express themselves more expansively. Glenn Turner and Jeff Boycott were prime examples. <laughs> what? What? He's gone insane. Yeah. Yeah. The big change occurred when T20 cricket was introduced into the equation. The first big bash league game was played at the Wacker between the Western Warriors and the Victorian Bush Rangers on the 12th of January 2005. Now, that's not correct because it wasn't called a big bash league. Then no. it was just called T20 cricket. Wasn't it just the KFC Big Bash or something? No, it was just a one-off game before a 50-over game. They played it the day before. The sellout crowd of 20,000 had no idea of the delirious delirious impact the occasion, I don't know what that word is, would have on the production of bats in this country (laughs) over the next 16 years. (laughs) Those who have grown up in this year have had to contend with three formats squeezed into the same time frame that once housed only four-day matches and a handful of club games. The double whammy is that first-class cricket is now playing very little club cricket, which has a dire effect on on this level of club cricket as competition is denuded of its best players for most of the season. This means the next generation is missing out on important challenges at that tier. Without these challenges, the best youngsters are reaching state level, lacking the necessary grounding to succeed. Mm. Right, BBL has been a remarkable success. It's um, downside is it takes up eight weeks right in the middle of the season, which means that Shield Creek goes into hibernation from early December to early February. In that eight-week period, emerging players on the BBL list are improving their hitting skills, but not improving their defensive techniques. And their defensive techniques, in particular, are often flawed. Mm. That Wondering goddamn T twenty. Yes. It's fucking ruining right, everything. So, oh no. He goes he goes for another you know, four or five um scrolled pages. Oh, really? stuff for the, May as well read them out, stuff. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the ramblings of a man who's out of touch. Yeah. Is yep, what right, I can summarize it. He has a solution. Here we go, very quickly. There was some bullet points of what he wanted to do, wasn't there? So So let's start with the suggestion that's not Greg's, but Sean Graff, High Performance Manager at Cricket Victoria, proposed a solution some years ago whereby the Shield would be played in a calendar year rather than in a season. This would mean playing the first half of the competition after the Big Bash in February and the second half prior to the start of the next season in October. Okay. Okay, that sounds like Same the stupidest idea. Of and you'd have to have of. a season off or they're going to play 16 games of field in one year. I have no idea. That's just fucking but dumb. How I mean, could you, how could that's, you, that's like AFL saying, oh, we'll start the season in August to do August, September. Then we'll have Christmas off. We'll come back in March and then do the season March through to May. Like, yeah, the grand final can be on the birthday. Yeah. yeah, that's it. As if you would do that. Like, I don't why know. Why would you have a six-month break in a season? Uh, yeah, it doesn't no. make any well, sense. Yeah, I, it's a long break. But what's that? What's that? What's that? Um, solving? What's the issue that's solving? Don't know because it doesn't solve the problem. The problem was having a break in the Shield yeah, games. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually it's a longer break. Longer break. Yeah. That's a longer break than they fucking already have. So that's yeah. the problem. That was the. the 
okay. I thought it might have been like, oh, we're not playing test cricket. We're okay. not playing shield cricket when tests are on. I thought no. that might have been the problem. That, that's not no. a break. That's an off-season and a pre-season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you can do is. a mini pre-season in summer. Yes. <gasps> they oh, just want more pre-season. You pre-season in your I'll summer. tell you the one yeah. thing about fucking Sean Graff that's not high performance. His fucking thought process. That is the <laughs> dumbest fucking idea ever. <laughs> Thank you, Mick. His fucking right. thought process. <laughs> Here's... Um, Here's Greg's idea. My preference is to start the Sheffield Shield in September and run it through until November. TV is not a factor and crowds are not big enough to worry about it. It's a crucial investment in Australia's future as a strong test nation. Okay, so he's given three months, September, October, November, mm-hmm. to play 10 Shield games. Four, four right. days each? Yeah, four days each. So there's 13 weeks in three months. So And, and there's a final in the Shield, so there's 11... Yeah. Rounds, so you're going to play a game every week for um, eleven out of thirteen weeks. Yep. So how do the bikes play right. club cricket then? Which is his other yeah, complaint. Yeah, they won't. Yeah, yeah, they won't mm. because they'll be knackered playing yeah. cricket. <laughs> I don't know. They <laughs> can go one. in, the, one, in the two day gap between every shield game. They can go <laughs> and play a Saturday Sunday down <laughs> at Greenvale. <laughs> That's amazing. So, what's that? What's that solving again? That's uh, they said this is going to solve this problem. Right. So the shield gets away oh, from can... the BBL, I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what it is. But yep. the shield's not played through the BBL currently. Yeah. No, it's... it's played either side of it. He wants a one continuous season. Oh, okay. Because having cricketers who get paid more than I get paid now to do my job yeah. um, can't mm. possibly swap between Change two different that. tasks in their yeah. job. I think his theory, that's... which would be that. If they do it that way, the season is basically all before the test starts. So, therefore, your form, uh, okay. if you were in form, would run through the shield okay, and yeah, get, you, yeah. get you picked in the test side, which in theory makes sense. Yeah, that does it, make sense. But it doesn't necessarily make sense in practice with the way the season's structured. Because then you've got to yeah, have a yeah. one-day comp at some stage, which I'm guessing he's going to have at the back end. Yeah, like, yeah when the one days are on in no, Australia, but now the one days are on at different times. They're not at the end yeah. of the summer like they used to be. So it's all just, it's old man rambling for the sake of old man rambling, I think. It just needs to put a bit more thought into it. As if you're going to play 10 Shield games in 13 weeks. No. Yeah. I mean, you can, but it's not something that's anywhere to... near the scheduling that we currently have. But right? if, if, if Cricket Australia's taught us anything, the Pat Howards of the world wouldn't let that happen. Oh, mate. It... That would knock him off the mortal mm. coil, I think, if you read that fixture. <laughs> um, this interesting thing about you need to be playing shield cricket before you play test cricket is interesting because we also travel away from this country to play test cricket yeah. overseas in winter in Australia. No one's playing shield cricket for a long period of time, but we still manage to do it. Yeah, Like, it's the interesting. It's, mm. it's just focused on, like the home summer and we're only focusing on the home test that this is going to affect, but technically 50% of the tests aren't played here. And Very true. What, 40% of them aren't played in this hemisphere, probably more. Yeah. So it's, I don't, it's weird. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, why do we care so much whether someone's playing a shield game before a test mm. when half of our tests, when no one's playing cricket, unless you're in County. Yeah. I think, 
We just That's learned from our old mate from the West Indies. He only got to play about half a dozen fucking first-class games. <laughs> It'd be as, long as, average, as long as you average mid-20s, you can go play test yeah. cricket. It's all right. New Zealand, average New Zealand great numbers. Yeah. yeah <laughs> skyrocket into a 200 on debut. <laughs> Yeah, he's got some good stuff now. Now he's, he's hitting his straps now. After he's, he's playing 10 games in 13 weeks. The other innovation I'd like to see is an extra team brought into the competition. This would ensure that more emerging talent would get opportunities. That team could be an ACT slash country team, or better still, an Australian under-23 team. Country oh, team. like the Caxi, maybe, like he fucking did mm. in the one-day comp. <laughs> Yeah, Milenko's really kicked on from captaining that last Caxi side, hasn't he? He's yeah, strength to strength, hell. that bloke. They call him the great Milenko for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Plays one BBL game a year or something like that. I love that he's trotting this out like it's new. It's a new idea. It's your idea from fucking six years ago retreaded, you silly old cunt. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. It's his idea from 2008, yeah. 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 Oh, right. Amazing And country team What's the yeah. logistics of that yeah. Someone driving to Dubbo and Mildura Going oh he bowls rapid Let's get him in the countryside <laughs> Let's like, put him in the, the ACT country team What does that mean <laughs> You don't want an ACT team anyway Because that's the fucking reason We had Brad Haddon for all those years They've got a lot to fucking answer for in Canberra yeah. The whole oh, technique hell. was spawned out of the comments yeah. Fucking hell uh, like, So the ACT ACT slash country team would be a bit like the federal police because they're in the ACT and they're all over Australia. So it could come from anywhere. But the federal cops of Shield Cricket. <laughs> Amazing. Right, the next thing he comes up with. Further, an Australia A team could play team could play games against other A teams, such as New Zealand. Don't we do that? <laughs> Yes. Didn't we just, play, didn't we just have an Australia games. versus India A game like fucking three months, two months? Yes. yes. Like, uh, we had two of them. Or similar. This oh. one enabled advancement of their red ball development. The England Lions came here the summer yeah. before the Ashes. Yeah. It's standard. The Australian A game was their undoing because Bacosta got hit in the oh. fucking head and couldn't play the first test. <laughs> this is amazing stuff. <laughs> What's next? Hang on, Greg. What are these things called A teams? Australia A? What? I thought that was a one off in like the early 2000s where Paul Paul Rifle played in it. What's his big next innovation? We should bring in a form of cricket where you play across one day and you have like 50 overs each. (laughs) Let's let's just pick a random number. And you can wear like coloured clothes and have a different (laughs) coloured ball so you can play under lights. (laughs) Fucking hell, Greg. Jesus. Well, we're still in the fucking 60s. Oh, back before we had fucking one-day cricket, we just played five games a year, and that was good enough. Fucking hell. Yeah. I got that reaction as well, Roscoe. Yeah. Uh, if we don't focus on investing in the next generation of elite players, because there's not enough focus and in investing in elite players, you know, they're, nah, always, not, they're not being looked after. Yeah. We continue to slide backwards as other countries take up the mantle as leaders in player development that we relinquished a couple of years a couple of years ago. Is that when he stopped working for CA? Yeah, it must have been. Ironically, these countries have studied our ideas, finessed them to their advantage, and invested successfully in their own A team programs. We simply cannot afford to stand still whilst others improve in leaps and bounds. So the way he makes it sound, and correct me if I'm wrong, do we no longer have academies at all? where guys go and, like, 
for the VI. Isn't there that centre of excellence in Brisbane still there? Yeah, it's like, still there. Because yeah. they play um, a lot of women's ODIs at that yeah. ground. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Still there. Surely you just As, invest, the, invest the money in that and put the right people into those fucking programs and just do it that way. And you know what? Fucking just. Yeah, anyway. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> As. Now, to finish his article, as Albert Einstein oh, said, quote, we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them. Ah, oh, well, he's just rehashed all the same fucking ideas. He's, he's off his trolley, mate. He's gone. Well, to he, quote, he might need to be in a home soon, I think. Like, I mean... So he created problems by developing this Futures League under-23 idea, and now he's trying to solve the problem that he created with his Futures League by bringing in Australia under-23. Sounds like Kevin Bartlett on the fucking rules committee, the AFL. (laughs) (laughs) He is the KB of cricket. Thank you, Mick. That's all right. I don't don't have to read the... To, great, the, to quote the great philosopher Jeff Thompson, I'm getting fucking drowned out here. Shut up, Greg <laughs> Gaffel, you fucking dickhead. Yeah. I'm not going to torture you into Jeff Lawson one now because one okay. old bloke was... <laughs> oh, sizzle for next time. Sizzle for next time. <laughs> All righty. Speaking of um, BBL, as Greg Chappell did somewhere in that fucking hodgepodge of an article he wrote, um, we're just going to quickly touch on the BBL final. So, and I've used their corporate names but i'll explain what they are as we go through them so um first off we had the eliminator which was um i think that's where mike someone goes on mike whitney's whistle and then like the Sydney <laughs> thunder go on fucking john's whistle either that or one of the gladiators is called the eliminator i'm not sure yeah. Yeah. so the eliminator was fourth versus fifth and effect- effectively it is an elimination final because that doesn't sound funky enough for the bbl no. so trent woodhill Fuck off. So the Brisbane Heat defeated the Strikers. The Heat made um, four for 131 to chase down the Strikers, 130 to win by six wickets. So therefore, the Heat go on to face the third-place Sydney Thunder in the knockout. So um, so after the Eliminator, we had the Qualifier, which was 1v2. Um, yep. Sydney Sixers, one for, one for 168, defeated the Perth Scorchers by nine wickets to head into the final. So then we had the knockout, which was the Sydney Thunder, who were third, who would play the winner of the Eliminator, which was the Brisbane Heat. The Brisbane Heat would knock off the Thunder and therefore knock Oof. off Cal Ferguson's captaincy of the Sydney Thunder yeah. <laughs> by seven wickets. So uh, the Brisbane Heat would make 162. Um, yes, Roscoe? Oh, sorry, I was just going to say, you know what the tagline of the knockout final is? Yeah. Ding, ding. That's the name of the game. <laughs> I don't get that reference. You didn't have Channel 10. Yeah. Oh. It's a knockout, the old fucking TV show from yeah. when we were like four years old. But um, <laughs> That's a long so, time ago. Um, then we had the, they had the Challenger, which was effectively the prelim final. So the Scorchers, who lost the qualifier, played the Brisbane Heat. Um, Scorchers would win after they defeated the Heat by 49 runs under the Duckworth Lewis Stern. Um, system for some reason, Howard Stern is now part of the Duckworth Lewis. I'm not really sure how he comes into it, but well done, Howard. Bubba Booey, Bubba Booey. So, um, it's yeah, actually for, for really big scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, continue. I had to do a little fix up. Yeah, and then the final. So then we had the final was the Sydney Sixers would play, take on the Scorchers. So it was 1v2, it was a replay of the qualifier. And the guys who finished on top of the ladder and were the best team all year, the Sydney Sixers, would defeat the Perth Scorchers by 27 runs. Did it easy. Yes. Man of the match was James Vince with 95. And he took a pretty sharp catch in the field as well. Mm. 
DC, Dan Christian, would, I'm sure is now longer not so upset the Renegades fucked him off because he won <laughs> another title by going to the Sydney Sixers. So well done to DC. So one thing, we'll touch, one thing we'll touch on here, which got touched on in the commentary, is the man of the match in the BBL final doesn't have like a medal or anything like that. It's just the player of the match. Um, it was discussed um, by <laughs> Shane Warne. Um, what should we call the BBL Norm Smith? For those playing at home, Norm Smith is the Norm Smith medal, which um, is awarded to the man of the match in the AFL grand final. So I'm sure all the international people watching the BBL final were really drawn in by the reference to the um, Australian yes. Rules Football League, which surely none of them know what the fuck it is. <laughs> but um, So there was a bit of a debate. Our man Gilly suggested that after everything is achieved in the 10 BBLs there have been, the medal should be named after Dan Christian. It should be called the Dan Christian medal which um, I can see the merit in that. And yeah. Warney shat all over it because what was it? It wasn't Warney's idea. <laughs> so Warney then proceeded to name three people that the medal, or sorry, two people in a family, the medal should be <laughs> named after. All three of those people, as much as I love them, have never played a fucking BBL game. So we had, first off, he wanted it named after the Chapels because Ian Chapel and Trevor Chapel and Greg Chapel through one-day cricket, changed the way Australian cricket is played in limited uh, overs format. Then he wanted it named okay. after, after Kerry Packer because Kerry Packer was the man who really helped introduce one-day cricket in all its um, bravado to, Astra- to Australia. You might be getting a theme here that I'm saying one-day cricket. Yeah. One day cricket. <laughs> and thirdly, I don't like to bag this one too much because he was my childhood hero, but he also wanted it named after Dean Jones, who was a pioneer of one-day cricket. So <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Warnie, Like, yeah, the first two, Packer and Chapelli, because yeah, they don't get any recognition. Warren had the balls to say that the Chapels have nothing fucking named after them in Australian cricket. They have the trophy <laughs> versus the New Zealanders because Jules Mustaka, the, ha- yes. the Chapel Hadley. They have a fucking grandstand at the Adelaide fucking Oval chain. <laughs> they don't have a bloated corpse fucking statue <laughs> on the MCG like you do. They actually have a stand named after them. Uh... And Dino, as we know, Cricket Victoria is working with his family and the one day play is going to be re- Named the Dean Jones medal slash award, whatever it is. I love Dino, but even though he did really, he was a, you could argue he was an icon of T20 cricket worldwide because he did coach and was participating in a number of areas. Mm. But unfortunately, in Australia, BBL level, he wasn't involved at, at least all. at all. Yeah. Or I, don't, I don't know if he was involved behind the scenes at the Stars or anyone like that. Uh, maybe. I think yeah. he might have been at the start, but. But we know it kind of, we know at the end he didn't really it might have been the Renegades. We know at the end he wanted one of the jobs at the Stars of Renegades, didn't get it, it didn't set very well with him. Um so I'm sorry, Warney, but once again, you have not read the room and you are a fucking idiot. So congratulations on oh. just proving everyone <laughs> right. You are a fucking idiot. Anyone else have any thoughts I'm on that? I'm not sorry, Warney. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'm not sorry at all to tell Warney he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> I think it- it's insane that he would say that uh, you wanted to call it the Packer Medal. Yes. <laughs> fucking hell. No fucking thing. Didn't play a game in his fucking life. Call, yeah. call it the James Brad Hodge Packer. Medal. Move on. Yeah. Ben Dunk. Simmons Medal, surely. Yeah. I can take the rename. Cam Borges. I can take our honour board too. I'll give him permission. Uh, be the so many names you can name. 
Give me this Steve No Keith medal, just like a big Bundy Bear fucking logo. <laughs> and so, but it's actually a hidden flask. Anthony so, Everand, yeah. the the marketing manager who came up with the BBL franchises. medal after the. No, but it's the medals aren't named after players; are named after administrators, like the Brownlow Medal. Is yeah, like the Allen Border Medal for all his administration anyway, cricket. Yeah, huge mm. on administrative yeah. work. Well, he was captain yeah. of the side, and, and Paul would know how much admin you have to do after a game. <laughs> yeah. You have to sign the thing. You've got to do the opposition vote for him. You got to get them to uh, do your votes for you. For you some, some reason, you have to take a photo of an umpire's report, then email that photo to the <laughs> umpires association, as opposed so, to just doing it digitally online. Anyway, it's fucking oh, stupid. So Sorry. So you guys don't do it on my cricket like everyone nah. else does. Nah, it's in the back of the book. Take a but, photo. What was your suggestion, so the umpa- Ross? Oh, okay. The yeah, Greg Ross. Shippard medal, perhaps, had a bit of success. I'm docking the big ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a I personally like the DC because I like DC, and he's yeah. won a fuckload of titles, and he's played yes. in nearly every he's played in nearly every club, so he's got a finger in nearly every pie. So I don't actually mind the DC. Yeah, the problem is that he's probably going to win his own medal for the next five. Yeah, years. Yeah, well, that's thing. He's still <laughs> he's still playing. He never so loses. Yeah, so I think we um we just wait on it and let him retire, and then we name it after him. I think. Yeah. yeah. Or just name it after no one. Yeah. Well, that's the other option. Yeah. yeah. Just fucking the best yeah. on. Yeah. Um, Man of yeah. the next Yeah, Bob. Player. Yeah. So um, that was about it for the BBL. Awesome. So I had like I had the stats that Ross ran through when he gave out the awards for the Craig Simmons and who got the week? What's the wicket one again? Suit and tie. Xavier Doherty. Doherty. Yeah. Xavier Doherty. So, yeah, so Hale's got 543 runs at 38 and a bit at a strike rate of 160. So, that's pretty good fucking going. And Jahai got 29 at 16 with a comedy, an, an economy of seven, which isn't too bad because he probably bowls in the power play more often than he doesn't. So, it's actually pretty good going as well. Um, but, yeah, so Here we're going to skip go. over Jeff Lawson's thoughts on the BBL because they're probably around the same as Greg Chappell's. And, um, but, yeah, so do you have a final thought for us, Roscoe? Oh, I did, but I've been caught off guard here. But, um, <laughs> you'd come to me at this time of the uh, podcast. Yeah, I know. I've come to you at the end. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. I put your we're final not, thought at the yeah. end. <laughs> we're not deep into the, the second hour, so That's it's it. a bit surprising for us here. We're not at daddy potties times. Just a normal potty. Yes. So daddy potty. I'm just going to have to gather my thoughts. Um, I would have talked about ourselves, were we? Yeah. <laughs> all of, all of I've sundry. got hours on Daddy Potty if you want, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> all, of, um, all of Sunbury's gone into lockdown, which is bad news for our next uh, get-together because we're going to meet, of course, under the shadows of this Blade Stumps clock. The original Potty. So, oh, no, uh, potty we have. Just a final thought from me. It wasn't what I was going to go with, but um, <laughs> we'll do it anyway. How good is it? When your Sydney Sixers, your Sydney Sixers member, Tracy, Kieran, and Jay Dodson. Oh, and you think, Monday, Monday. It's Monday, we just want the BBL, back to back, bark to bark, like yeah. never before. Head's a bit st- oh, sore, a bit dusty. Yeah, a little bit dusty, it's big day Sunday. And you think, what could I do? I know, I'll go and get a magenta six tattooed on my forearm. Oh, yes, please. That yes. would be a good idea. You do his forearm, yes. Yes. And um, I can see just at the corner of the photo there, Mick, he's in fact wearing batting gloves. While oh, that's that good done. to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like <Yeah>. Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> the thing I love about this is, right, the BBL 
as a competition, has the worst batch of fucking club logos. Anyone looks at one of those and goes, oh, permanently like one of those on my fucking body is fucking insane. It makes no fucking sense at all. You better off going they and getting the shocking. fucking cover of the Blink One Eight Two Greatest Hits album on your fucking calf. Like rather than that. <laughs> All right, homework for the next potty. You guys have to come back with your favourite BBL logo. All right. <laughs> Renegade. We'll oh, hey, I'll come back. Ad nauseum. <laughs> Three quick points from me. Yes, right. So we had final uh, points. Yeah, it, can't forget this England India. Um, playing a four-test series. Isan Sharma's back into the team to bowl the first yeah. over of the match, which was good to see. Good to see him back. Good bloke. 98 <laughs> tests. He'll get to his 100, no doubt, in this series. Got his 300th oh, wicket. wicket in his test. He did. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And uh, old man Jim Anderson, he bowled an absolute beauty of an over and got two wickets as India fell over and England won. Few uh, inductions. Made yeah. 200 and they made 550 and declared at just the right time yeah. <laughs> by going all out. Yeah. Um, Joe Root in the last month has made 8% of his test runs or something. Two yes. double tons and another yeah. daddy on top of that. Yeah. Unbelievable numbers. Yeah. And the second point to bring up was just quickly that uh, the Universe Boss has an album out. This should be no doubt good listening. Yeah. What's it uh, called? It's something like... Ultimate Cricket, I think. It's good. No, it's called like Gorgeous or something like that. I thought it was like called Bliss real... or something like that. Bliss. Right. Oh, once went to a nightclub called Bliss. <laughs> it didn't fill Did me you? with bliss. Let me just say, tell you that. Alrighty. It is called and then the last point. Universe Boss Blessings from Triple Century. Blessings. Yes, yeah. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Now, here we go. Very important update here on former Test Captain of Australia, which is my final, final thought for today. <laughs> now, there was um, rumours abounding that hit the Sydney press that um, old mate, Steve, not Steve Smith, the other bloke, Michael, Michael Clark. What? Michael, Michael <laughs> Crenty. <laughs> Steve, Michael Clark. Steve Michael Smith, the other people. bloke. Yeah. I get so many people call me Steve all the fucking time. <laughs> like, yeah. Smudger. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, mate. I thought you were Steve Smith. Sorry. Can I grab a pair of boots while I'm here, mate? That's that trivia answer. Who debuted after Glen McGrath got injured for the South African tour? Uh, uh, Steve Smith. Ah, Stuart Clark. That's what I was thinking of. Clark and Smith, they always... The other guy. The other guy. Not Steve Smith, the other guy. the other bloke. The only other guy in the world. <laughs> uh. It was reported on Saturday that um, Michael Clark had split f- from his girlfriend of 12 months, whose name has disappeared off the piece of um, Pip Evans, paper. I want to say. Pip Evans, yes. Edwards. Had that, oh, Edwards, Edwards who had that funny hat. Really, had that picture of her with the yeah. hat on. I just seem to remember that. Anyway. Uh, it's not like us giving shit to someone's apparel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know stupid we fucking hat hats. We love yeah. stupid fucking hats. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's, where's Matty Hayden when you need him? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, the Daily Telegraph, which I believe is quite a reputable newspaper printed mm. in the great state of New South Wales. A moving van has been spied outside Kylie Clark's house just hours after oh, no. ex-husband Michael split from his girlfriend. And the rumours are the former cricket captain is moving back in. It was tipped Ooh. as a possible reunion for the ages and the rumour sparked by a moving van at Billy the Bondi Billy. rental home. I feel like this is going to be like the initial 
cases for the Sydney second outbreak, which was <laughs> two people in their 50s that were divorced but lived in the same house together. I think that's what this is going to be like. <laughs> Just some weird-ass, highly affluent um, key mm. party style thing going on. <laughs> It'll be Living real arrangement weird. The old Colax Wiggers party. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, hopefully everyone will rest easy having heard that rumor. That yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mick. That's all. I've got. Uh, so Four just a final thought, thought from me, guys. Oh, yes, God. Alex. No, I'm joking. Let's yeah. go. Oh, <laughs> well, just a fo- well, just a final thought from me. So thanks to our sponsors over at Frederick. <laughs> Hit them up for all your sock wearing needs. Icon Thank Sports. You. Fuck you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.